Hello again, and welcome to another story about the Peters children. This week, you'll hear how Pearson learns to be generous in the story, Pearson, the Cheerful Giver. As usual, you'll hear a hymn title or a line from a hymn within the story. However, in this week's story, there are two references to two different hymns. If you recognize either one of them, make sure to email us your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. And if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. In order to win, one of your answers must be the correct one, and it must be the first one we receive. You are welcome to send in both hymn titles, but you will only receive one prize for one hymn title. That means that hopefully we'll have two different winners this week, which will be fun for us here at Whimsy Wins. Last week, several of you sent in the right answer of When I Survey the Wondrous Cross from the story The Deflated Peters, and we loved hearing from all of you. Chloe of Concord, California was the winner, so let's hear it for Chloe. All right, it's time to settle in and listen to this week's story, Pearson, the Cheerful Giver. Penelope and Pearson Peters sat in the back seat of the car one Saturday afternoon as Daddy Peters drove them home from their baseball and softball practices. It had been a beautiful day at the ball field in early March. The blue sky was clear and bright, and the sun was warm despite the crisp air. Though spring had only officially begun a few days prior, Pearson and Penelope found themselves unconsciously logging the sights and sounds of the new season into their memories. The smell of freshly cut grass and the sharpness of the leftover winter breeze mingled with the conspicuousness of the early blossoms and awakened the sense of the Peters family to the glory of God's beautiful creation. The relative silence in the car was not simply a result of their reveling in creation, but was also as a result of their exhaustion from leaving it all in the field. Pearson and Penelope's practices had been back-to-back, and both had completed lots and lots of drills. From learning how to run bases and sliding, to bunting and understanding the coach's signs, Pearson and Penelope were receiving a full education in their new favorite sport. Daddy Peters, who was ever the athletic enthusiast, with his own merits as a youth and college football player, was equally tired from his hard work. His heart was also filled with excitement as he anticipated what the sports season was sure to hold. Did your kids have fun? Daddy Peters asked, breaking the silence. Oh, yeah. It was awesome, Daddy Peters. Did you see how far I hit the ball? Pen, did you see it? It was super cool. It rolled to the fence. Pearson was positively exuberant. It was such a long hit, Pearson, responded Penelope, who was ever a fan of her big brother. Hey, thanks, Pen. Yeah, too bad it was a foul ball, Daddy Peters noted. Well, yeah, it was, but it was still pretty fun. I hope I get to pitch some. I want to start working on my pitching at home, Daddy Peters. That's a good idea, Daddy affirmed, and then turned his attention to Penelope. What about you, Nellie? Did you enjoy yourself out there today? Oh, I did, Daddy Peters. I love the girls on my team. Shauna is hilarious, too. Shauna is pretty funny, and thankfully all the girls are pretty sweet so far, Daddy Peters replied. And guess what, Daddy Peters? Shauna's a Christian, too. I know. I overheard you girls talking. Praise God he's given you a Christian teammate. And let's continue to pray for Coach Connors, that God will draw his heart to Jesus. After Daddy drove another block, he pulled into the parking lot of the local convenience store. 
Pearson glanced at Penelope expectantly. The convenience store had the yummiest slushies ever, and Daddy Peters often stopped by on the way home from practice and bought Pearson and Penelope a slushie. Yes! Pearson shouted as Daddy pulled up to the curb and shut off the ignition. Okay, guys, we're going to make this quick. We'll grab a slushie for Mama Peters, too. She loves the cola flavor. The car doors flew open, and Pearson and Penelope raced to the front of the store, with Daddy trailing close behind. Pearson quickly grabbed a cup and began to fill his, having beaten Penelope to the slushy machine. Peers? Regard one another as more important than yourselves, Daddy Peters reminded him. You want to put others first and not jump ahead for your own. Pearson blushed. Oops! Sorry, Pen. I was thinking about me way more than you. Go ahead and fill your cup first. Thanks, Piers. How about I make Mama Peter's slushy first? That way, they won't run out of cola. Penelope answered sweetly as she began filling a cup for Mama Peter's. After Mama Peter's slushy was ready to go, she and Pearson filled her cups with all five of the available flavors. Cola, cherry, lime, orange, and pina colada. Daddy Peter's laughed. <laughs> At the stomach-turning concoctions that his children had made, he filled his cup with cherry flavor. Both Penelope and Pearson found that so boring. They made their way to the counter, and Daddy pulled out his wallet. Pearson was surprised when he listened to the total. Four slushies cost Daddy Peter $7.25. He looked at Penelope, quite astonished, but the total didn't seem to have an effect on her. After all, they'd bought plenty of slushies in their lives, so this wasn't something new. But Pearson, who had begun mowing grass for money, was starting to see how difficult money is to come by and was beginning to wonder if Daddy and Mama Peters were spending too much money on slushies and fun things. An ever-so-slight feeling of fear began to gnaw at his heart, and he wondered if they might run out of money. He didn't express that to Daddy Peters exactly, but he casually remarked, Wow, Daddy Peters, you don't have to buy a slushie. That's kind of expensive. Hey, the Lord provides, buddy. Now drink up and enjoy. Daddy Peters nonchalantly answered, Pearson accepted his answer and happily slurped away. Upon exiting the store, Penelope and Pearson noticed a man poorly dressed and filthy sitting on the sidewalk. Next to him, Pearson and Penelope could see old clothes and a pair of shoes, a bag of crushed cans, a shabby blanket, and some crumbled newspapers. The man was wearing a beanie on his head and no shoes on his filthy feet. Penelope was horrified by his appearance and felt slightly nervous. A coffee cup was next to the man's belongings. Pearson and Penelope noticed that the cup held a few coins. Pearson's mouth dropped open, and he couldn't help but stare. He wondered why in the world anyone would ever sit on the sidewalk with all that stuff. And why wouldn't he take a shower? But before he could inquire of Daddy Peters, the man, whose face was weather-beaten from the sun, looked up at Daddy Peters and asked, You got any change, mister? Daddy Peters, who had paid for the slushies with a $10 bill, placed the change which was a handful of coins and two one-dollar bills, inside the man's coffee mug. Thanks. God bless you, mister. Daddy Peters responded to the man's acknowledgement with a smile and a you're welcome. He and the children got in the car, and they headed for home. After a few seconds of silence, Pearson began a conversation with Daddy Peters. Daddy Peters, why did you give him our money? Pearson wasn't only worried about the cost of the slushies, but now he was worried that Daddy Peters would give all their money away because he asked Pierce. What do you mean? What, what if everyone asks? Pearson was genuinely concerned. That wouldn't be good to give all of our money away just because people ask. And anyway, why was he on the ground and so dirty? And, and, and he smelled a little bit too. 
He's homeless, Pierce. He doesn't have a home like us, where he can eat and sleep and hang out with his family. He may not even have any family in his life at all. Yeah, but, but Daddy Peters, what, what if everyone asks for money? You can't give all of our money away. We, we need money too. Pierce, the Bible actually talks about this. In Matthew 5.42, it says, Give to the one who asks you. And there's a great verse in Proverbs 19.17 that says, He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. God loves the orphan and the widow and the oppressed. He wants to protect them. And he loves a cheerful giver. And we're to be cheerful givers. If we see a need and we have the means to help and fill a need, we should do just that. But Daddy, I don't understand. What about our needs? Mama Peter said everything costs money, and I don't want to run out of money. I get it, buddy. But God says that where our treasure is, there will our hearts be also. Our treasure is not on earth, but in heaven. That means that we hear God's word, and we want to please him because it brings him glory. And if you're trying to store up treasures on earth, those things will ultimately be destroyed. And even though we do need money to survive, God puts a whole lot of protections in place for us. Think about it. How many times have you heard people ask us for money? It doesn't happen very often at all, because not everyone asks for money. God provides for our needs and says he will provide all things for life and godliness, and that even the birds of the air have food because God feeds them. His eye is on the sparrow. God is the one who provides when we ask, and he tells us to ask freely. All that we have anyway, belongs to the Lord. Nothing is truly yours. Since it all belongs to Him, we should give freely of the gifts He gives to us. Does that make sense, Piers? I guess so, Daddy Peters, Pearson responded haltingly. I don't want to become poor, though. I I just don't know. Daddy Peters was pleased that Pearson was being candid about his worries and fears. I think you need to let Mama and Daddy think about our strategies with our money and trust us to make decisions that are needed for our family. The car grew silent for the next few minutes as they all drank their slushies, and Pearson pondered all that had happened. In a few minutes, they were home. Penelope jumped out first, running into the house to see Priscilla and Patience. Pearson slowly followed Daddy Peters up the walk, still thinking about their conversation. The sight of their front lawn reminded Pearson about their neighbor, Mr. Flaverty. Daddy Peters, I'm supposed to go and mow Mr. Flaverty's lawn today. He said he's going to tip me, too, so I should go get that done soon. Okay, but why don't you finish your slushy before you go over to mow, Daddy Peters suggested. Hello, boys! Mama Peters warmly greeted Daddy and Pearson when they walked in, handing them a cookie as she took a big old gulp of the cola slushy that Daddy Peters handed her. Wow! So you want to suck down your slushy before kissing even me, Daddy teased leaning in for a loving kiss from Mama. Sorry, dear. My priorities got lost when I spied that cola slushy. I was sort of hoping you'd pick up one for me. Pearson was mindlessly making sucking noises with his straw before he looked up and saw Daddy and Mama Peter staring at him with an affectionate smile. Did you get it all, Pierce? Mama playfully asked him. Oops, I did. Mama, I need to go and mow Mr. Flaverty's yard. Is it okay with you if I go now? I told him I would do it today. He said he's going to tip me, too, and if I pull weeds, he'll pay me even more. Of course, I was actually just finishing up his meal. I want to send you with a pot of soup and some bread, so I'll just go put it together and give it to you to take to him, Mama said, walking into the kitchen. Pearson followed her, 
and watched as Mama Peters ladled the creamy broth with meat and bits of veggies into a container. Mama Peters was the best cook ever. She had prepared some of her delicious homemade bread as a side, and Pearson could smell the yeast and see the steam rise off the hot bread as Mama wrapped it in foil. Before he took Mr. Flaverty's meal, he walked into the living room to greet his twin sisters. Penelope was on the floor, blowing air through her slushy straw at the babies, who were giggling and kicking. Hi, Patience. Hi, Prissy. I love you, Pearson said sweetly, pinching the chubby arms and kissing their soft cheeks. The twins recognized their older brother and kicked hard and smiled big, open-mouthed smiles. You are so adorable. Yes, you are, Pearson said in a babyish voice. Daddy Peters walked in just then, his arms loaded down with the food for Mr. Flaverty. You probably should get a move on, bud. Mama Peters doesn't know what time Mr. Flaverty will want to eat, but wants him to be able to eat the food while it's hot. Once again, Pearson seemed anxious about his family's finances. Do we have enough for our dinner, Daddy Peters? Of course we do, bud. Did you notice the huge stockpot full of soup that Mama Peters has made for us? It's probably enough to feed the entire neighborhood. I'm sure we can freeze it, Pearson responded as he hugged Daddy Peters and headed toward the front door. Piers, do a good job for Mr. Flaverty. Remember to do your best and to work with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, for you know you'll receive an inheritance as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Daddy Peters quoted Colossians 3.23 as Pearson walked out, an all-too-familiar verse that Daddy and Mama Peters often said as Pearson and Penelope went to school or to practice or to any such place. Pearson knew that Daddy Peters worked hard. In fact, he was always puttering around or working at something and he wanted to be just like Daddy. So hearing the reminder to work with all of his heart made him determined to do a great job for Mr. Flaverty. It helped that Mr. Flaverty paid handsomely for Pearson's service. When Mrs. Flaverty was alive, she often brought Pearson cookies and cold drinks after mowing. But Mr. Flaverty never made cookies, and Pearson knew it was probably not very easy for him to live alone. Mama Peters talked frequently of how hard it must be on Mr. Flaverty to be a widower. Pearson walked quickly down the street to the familiar gray two-story house and knocked on Mr. Flaverty's door. It took a few minutes before Mr. Flaverty opened it and welcomed Pearson with smiling eyes. Hey, Piers! I was wondering what time you were going to come. The grass is growing real tall with the sunshine. It sure is beautiful out there. Pearson greeted Mr. Flaverty and walked inside to the old familiar house. There was a smell that reminded him of potpourri, and he could see that Mr. Flaverty had the smelly leaves and dishes on his coffee table and the side tables. Pearson enjoyed the smell and appreciated how neatly Mr. Flaverty kept up his home. Pearson glanced around the living room as he placed the bread and soup on the counter. Where's Glory? Glory was Mr. Flaverty's black cat. Pearson, I don't know. I haven't seen her in a few days. I put her food out, but she hasn't been around to touch it. If you see her, please let me know. And tell the neighbors, too. Mr. Flaverty's eyes filled with tears and Pearson felt heavy-hearted for the sweet elderly man as he shuffled back to the couch. Do you need help sitting down? Pearson inquired. Well, I would say no, but Mrs. Flaverty would tell me to suck up my pride. Since she's not here to remind me, I'll go ahead and suck it up anyway because the Holy Spirit is always there to remind me. I'd appreciate if you'd help me walk over to the couch. I woke up with a really sore back this morning, and I sure have been having some troubles. But that food sure smells good. Maybe you could give me some of it. Sure thing, Pearson answered, finding a soup bowl in the cabinet and a tea plate for the bread. Pearson observed that Mr. Flaverty's cabinets were pretty bare. Here you go, Pearson said, handing off the soup and bread. Thanks, Piers, and please thank your mom for me, too. I tell you, the Lord knows that without her kindness, I might just starve to death. 
Everything I eat these days comes straight from a can. Ooh, yum, I love spaghetti in a can, Pearson said loudly. Well, yeah, I guess it's pretty good, but trust me, your mama's cooking is far better than a can of spaghetti. Yeah, she is a good cook, Mr. Flaverty, but spaghetti in a can is real good too, especially with a soda. Pearson was unable to take his mind off food and drinks that came in cans. Mr. Flaverty agreed, and cans of food and soda are pretty cheap, so I buy lots of cans of food these days. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. Pearson nodded in agreement. You can say that again. Well, I'd better go mow. He walked outside and began mowing and weeding. After working hard for almost two hours, he finished up and began putting the garden tools away. Out of the corner of his eye, he noticed a black tail sticking out from under the house vent. Glory! Pearson yelled and walked over to pick up the black cat. Glory walked toward Pearson, but was limping badly. Pearson gingerly picked her up and walked to Mr. Flaverty with Glory in his arms. Mr. Flaverty, look who I found, Pearson said excitedly, handing the cat to him. Oh, Pearson, you found her. Mr. Flaverty happily took the cat from Pearson and noticed Glory's leg. She seems injured. I noticed that too, Mr. Flaverty. She was limping. I think she's got a broken leg or something. Oh, boy, that's not good. Pearson, would you get me the phone book? I need to call the vet. Mr. Flaherty dialed the vet from his landline, and Pearson listened as he talked. Oh, really? It'll cost that much to fix her leg? Boy, that's a whole lot of money. But she's a sweet girl, and she's worth it to me. So I'll figure something out, Mr. Flaherty said as he hung up the phone. Mr. Flaverty, is everything okay? Pearson was concerned about his elderly friend, whose only companion was the cat. Oh, yes, it's fine. Praise the Lord you found Glory. She was a gift from my sweet wife, Mrs. Flaverty. Years ago, when we got Glory, I didn't really want a cat. But Mrs. Flaverty loved cats, and I grew to love Glory, too. We got her name from the old hymn. There's a line that says, Oh, what a foretaste of Glory Divine. So we named her Glory because she was a little reminder of heaven to Mrs. Flaverty. Well, I'm glad she should be okay, Pearson said. I am, too. Okay, I need to pay you, so would you hand me my money jar over there? Mr. Flaverty pointed to the jar on the counter. Pearson walked over to the counter where the half-empty jar sat. Taking the jar from Pearson, Mr. Flaverty pulled out $10 and handed it to him. Pearson began to do some addition in his head as he took the $10 from Mr. Flaverty and mentally added it to the money he already had at home. Hey, thanks, Mr. Flaverty. You're welcome. I'm sure you did a wonderful job, Pierce. Are you going to go to the vet now, Mr. Flaverty? Soon. But first, I need to try to borrow some money for Glory's operation, he said as he pulled on his sweater and stroked Glory. Pearson was sad for Mr. Flaverty, whose eyes were full of tears as he pet his cat. It suddenly occurred to Pearson that maybe he should offer his help to Mr. Flaverty. Hey, Mr. Flaverty, I don't want any money today. I want you to put it towards the operation for Glory. Though Mr. Flaverty objected several times, Pearson insisted until Mr. Flaverty gave in. On the way home, Pearson thought about the homeless man at the convenience store, and he thought about Mr. Flaverty, and he thought about himself, and he realized in that moment that except for God's kindness and grace to him, he could be poor and without anyone in the world to help him. He thought about his own family and his $53.67 sitting in his own mason jar on his dresser. He compared the silence of Mr. Flaverty's house to his own house, which on most days was full of happy sounds. And his mind wandered to Daddy Peters and their talk about money earlier that day. Pearson silently prayed and thanked God for his dad and his wisdom. His heart swelled with gratitude as he thought about 
all he had, and his loving, generous parents. All at once, he understood that God loves a cheerful giver. The cheerful giver gives from a heart of gratitude for all that God gives. Because Pearson's heart was filled to the gills with gratitude, and his focus was on all that God had given him, he didn't miss the $10 at all that Mr. Flaverty tried to give him. He was surprised by his new attitude, and he prayed that he would be generous to everyone, just as God is generous to everyone, too. Hello! Welcome to Grandmom's Corner. In today's story, we heard about how Pearson, who observed what he thought was a lot of money being spent, began to get fearful and anxious about his family's finances. Daddy Peters assured Pearson that he wasn't overspending and that God had provided for them enough to even buy slushies and to give to others who are in need. Daddy tried to assuage Pearson's fears by helping Pearson recall how God says in his word that he provides food for the birds of the air. My husband, who goes by Papa to our grandkids, happens to love birds, and I thought it would be a good idea for him to share for the next few minutes about why he loves them so much. Well, first of all, I'm not a bird expert, but I've always loved birds because of the freedom that I see when they fly. And I've always thought that that would be a great thing to be able to fly freely and one of these days, maybe in heaven, we'll all be doing that sort of thing. But uh, while we're here on earth, that, that freedom to me is an expression of the fact that these birds are not only free to move about and move about in a very graceful way, but they're also free of worry, free of care, free of anxiety. And, and one of the things that I really delight in is watching the birds eat from our bird feeders because it's sort of a comfort to me to see that, that God would take care of them just because of what I do. And I don't know how I ever got started feeding the birds and watching the birds as they eat from the feeder, but it gives me a sense of satisfaction, a sense of wonderment, a sense of maybe cooperating with God as he cares for them. And I might walk out to the backyard and they fly away immediately, which is kind of funny to me because I am caring for them in that sense, but I do appreciate, and, and it's always a great comfort and very uplifting to see them out there enjoying the food from the bird feeder and just realizing that, yeah, it's a very small part that I play, but it's God working through me in this little mini way to, to fulfill what he promised in the scriptures, that is, to care for his children and to care for his creatures. And so, looking at the birds... I feel a freedom and a longing, too, to be as free as the birds are and not have to worry. Finally, can you just share with us about what kind of birds you see in the backyard and about how much food they eat and even the squirrels that come along and take some of the seeds? One of the things that I had to do was to construct a wire so that I can hang the bird feeders on because initially I hung the bird feeders on the tree and I would find that the squirrels were getting into the bird feeders when I didn't want them to. I would, I, uh, and I wanted to just reserve the food for the birds, so I had to construct something so that the, only the birds could reach it. And yeah, they do eat a lot. And I don't know if it's the same ones, but they're, I, I tend to see, I think they're finches for the most part in our backyard, and I, I tend to see them regularly. I assume they're the same birds. Again, I'm not as, uh, uh, I don't have 
great observation skills in that area, and I don't, I can't tell one from the other. I didn't, but uh, nevertheless, um, they do eat quite a bit, and and then you know they'll eat from the feeder. The feeder will drop some, and then and then I, I see you know there's a family of doves and pigeons that come and eat off the ground, and so yeah, and even the squirrels benefit from all that as well, and they even take our yard as a place where they can bury their nuts and bury their treats but it's a just looking at the backyard it's just a good way to remind us of god's provision and the fact that if he cares cares for these creatures that he has made just for our our joy and our benefit um so much more he cares for us well thanks sweetie for sharing your love for birds and how as you watch them your thoughts are drawn to god's care and provision for all he has made thank you for having me so if you're worried about all that is going on in our world right now Remember, none of it is a surprise to God. He is in charge, and His plan is a good plan. If you start to worry this week, focus on what it says in Psalm 56.3, When I am afraid, I will trust in you. That's it for this week. We hope you'll come back next week for another Peter's Children adventure, the Lord willing. Bye for now.